As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. everybody this is the kfpk outdoor show i'm bob sims thank you for tuning in this morning well it looks like we're pulling out of our cold snap i mean uh, just in a couple of days nighttime temperatures and daytime temperatures are going up at least 10 degrees and the daytime temperatures as we get into next week even more than that so that should make a change because this cold snap literally slowed down every type of fishing in California. It didn't stop it by any means, but it slowed it, da- slowed it down, and we're already starting to see signs of things picking back up a little bit, just barely. <laughs> but, you know, uh, in if you're in the summer months and you get a cold snap, that, in a lot of cases, can really pick up fishing. I mean, fish don't get hot or cold. They just have a temperature range of which they are suited for and they're most active in. And anything above that or below that, they become less active. But the change is what gets them. If it's, uh, uh, it can be cold water in, uh, in winter like this in the mid-30s, and you can still catch trout. But if it's 39 and it drops to 35, you tend to not catch them for a couple of days until they adjust. You need stable weather. And that's just one of the scenarios. Um, But basically, that's what's going on in California. It was already cold. The water temperature in most areas were approaching the mid-50s, a little bit higher maybe. And then, boom, it takes it right back down to 50. Well, five or six degree uh, temperature drop when it's already cold kind of puts the fish off, even cold water fish, and that's what happened. <clears throat> but they, there were some still good catches. You know, we'll be talking about the kokanee up at Whiskeytown. 
still good fishing there. Not quite as fast and furious as it was before this cold snap, but still solid. And these fish are, <clears throat> while they're not what we consider big yet, you know, 14 inches, they are the biggest 14 inches you'll ever see. They're fat. I mean, there's a good food supply in that lake. And the cold temperatures brought them back up closer to the surface. Interesting. So, uh, and then you can look over at El Lake Almanor. And I think that the water temperature over there was like 37 or 36 yesterday when I talked to John Crotty. They caught some beautiful fish. Okay, slow trolling. They got to slow everything down. Okay, so it, it can happen. Some really nice fish can be caught. Uh, and of course, we'll get reports on both those areas. Um, sturgeon fishing. Sturgeon fishing was just getting going. If you recall, Rob Reimers um, last week had um, uh, really good luck on, on Sunday. I mean, I think, I mean, just before the weekend, and then it would slow down a little bit, and then all of a sudden, Sunday, it seems like everybody from um, Knight's Landing up to Calusa hooked a sturgeon. It's just one of those things. But not since then. That cold snap took that water from close to 56 degrees back down to 50, 51. And it kind of knocked the, the, the sturgeon fishing out. Even though fishermen out could mark fish, they knew they were there. They just decided to hunker down for a while. But as that temperature goes up each degree, you will see an improvement. And we'll get re Rob was out there last night, so I'm anxious to see how he did when he joins us a little after six. Um, other bodies of water. Um, we will talk to Matt Urban. He was over uh, at Pyramid Lake, and this is a different report than we normally normally we we talk to Doug Willett. Doug is a master fly fisherman, and he catches big fish off the shore. And we've said for years how. You don't need to take your boat over the Pyramid Lake this time of year because the fish are close to shore. Well, Matt Urban left his boat behind and went over there with, I think they had three families and, uh, and they're all camping as a group, the casting lures off the shore and wait till you hear what they caught. You just won't believe it. And it's not brain surgery. Anybody can do it. Um, over at Clear Lake, we have uh, the crappie fishing still going on. That is becoming a concern to a lot of people. Uh, you know, you have crappie fishing going on for almost two months now with 40 to 50 boats a day on Clear Lake, catching and keeping as many as possible. And there seems to be ethnic groups that are especially uh, good at this. And it's not a criticism, it's just what it is. Uh, and the wardens have had trouble with these ethnic groups before for taking over limits and, and selling them in the Bay Area on the black market, which is, of course, illegal. But uh, just with all the legal fishing going on, the pressure, that's a lot of pressure. And my, my worry is, is the fish and wildlife, which... Uh, it, it's a reactive form of government. It's not, it doesn't initiate much. You know, it waits till things go bad before they fix it. 
uh, and that's not the way to do it, but that's the way they do it. And you're going to you're going to hear a lot of uh, news in the future about petitions to reduce that limit of crappie in Clear Lake and, and you know, maintain that fishery. But anyway, I did talk to Bill McDaniel about the bass fishing, which is surprisingly coming around pretty good. It's a good story. Uh, another good story, Luke Lapanovich, who's been a guest on this program for several years. He used to work at Sweeney Sports in Napa, no longer, but he still fishes. And he fished a tournament last week, and he and his partner won it at Lake Berryessa. That was great, and, and we'll have the whole story of how he did that. Uh, Andy uh, Gibord from Keeney's is going to update us on the American River. A little better news there. A few more fish, a nice big fresh fish hooked, and a few half-pounders. Uh, stay tuned for that. We'll talk to Jay Kelly down at Hooked in Ione about bass fishing in three mother motherlode lakes, Amador, Pardee, and Comanche. We'll, t- we'll check with Kirk Porto Carrero about that kokanee fishing up in Whiskey Town, and also the trout fishing on the Sacramento River. And also, Kurt will manage to spend a day on Shasta and caught quite a, I think there was eight trout I counted in the picture uh, that he caught trolling on Lake Shasta. They weren't that big. I think they were like 15 to 14 to 16 inches, something like that. But uh, there it is. The fishing is starting to pick up. Uh, Brian Thomas will call in at the near the end of the program today. He'll be fishing Pardee this morning, so we'll get the the next uh, installment of the kokanee fishing there. You're going to try to uh, t- figure out where we are on the trout fishing as well, because Pardee's put in a lot of fish, but the way they put the fish in there, they put them in right at the boat ramp. Then you have people down there casting into it. I mean, it's just. Not exactly the most sporting thing you've ever seen, but uh, that's what happens. And those fish tend to tend to stay in that basin for quite a while. So the bank fish, there's like 40 or 50 bank fishermen in there, and it, they seem to be catching quite a few fish. Well, as you head out into the lake, the lake, the water gets a lot colder. That basin is probably the warmest spot in the whole lake, and the trout don't leave. So. Uh, there's some talk of maybe doing what they used to do and uh, putting the, the the fish in a tank in a patio boat and taking them out and dumping them in the middle to get them dis- distributed, <laughs> distributed better. Uh, but uh, we'll just we'll see what that happens. In time, these fish will spread out throughout the lake um, and fishing will be better. Kyle Wise. He's been trying to get the crappie fishing going. He finds the crappie, he drops minnows to them, and boy, these crappie are just having no part of his offering in Comanche. Uh, but we'll have another story of what's going on on trout fishing on New Malonis. And also, uh, Robbie Dunham will call us, and he's, he was on both New, New Malonis helping Kyle out with seven people and also Comanche. So uh, by the time we're done, we're going to have a pretty good roundup of what's going on in Northern California. Um, I'll have an update. A lot of a lot of people have been asking about Brannon Island because the concessionaires down there that are hired by the uh, state parks. I mean, the, the employees, they don't tell the employees anything. So they, as far as they're concerned, they're telling everybody, we'll be out of here by the end of March. Well, what does that mean? Is Brandon Island State Park going to shut down? Well, I've got some answers for you there, okay? Um, 
there was a new, there's a pending world record was caught up at guess where a spotted bass out of Bullard's Bar. Uh, I heard a couple days ago from the bass fishermen. And of course, all the bass fishermen with their network, they know all about it. Uh, what I know, it's 11 and a half pounds. The old record, 11.4 pounds or 11 point. Yeah, uh, they go by tenths. 11.5 is the one that was caught. 11.4 was the old record. And now you must win by at least one ounce. So I, I guess there's going to be some, uh, the officials, uh, I don't know, it might be okay. Okay, but they're trying to have it certified now. I really don't have any more info on it than that. I'm not saying that the, the fishing is wide open, but Bullard's Bar has been in a downtrend the last few years. Maybe we're cycling back up to the better fishing we had four or five years ago for those big spots. Uh, and let's see, uh, well, there's some other news that we'll, we'll try to squeeze in in the remainder of the two hours and 45 minutes here on the KFPK Outdoor Show. Uh, thanks for being here. Well, we are uh, getting a little closer to our big salmon meeting, which happens next week, and we will find out now from Andy Giuliano of Fish Emeryville exactly when that is. Good morning. Morning, Bob. How are you? I'm just dandy. Um, so we, is, it, is it the second or third that that meeting takes place? It's this week. It's March 2nd at 10 a.m. 10 a.m. Still remains an online meeting. Okay. Who's conducting the meeting? So this is facilitated by the Department, the California Department of Fish and Wildlife, and they'll present all of the data from all of the salmon returns for the Central Valley District all the way down to the San Joaquin, and then, of course, the Klamath River as well. Yeah. Why isn't this meeting uh, on the department's website? I'm looking at it right now. I don't see anything about it. Uh, it should be it, it should be posted. We everybody's gotten updates, you know, to, through the regular email channels. But uh, it should mm-hmm. be up there. It's been it was announced. Um, it's a, it's a standard. That generally, it's held at the Sacram, uh, Santa Rosa Water District. Uh, of course, uh, in person, it's not uh, still not up to, up to a snuff yet. So it's done online. And uh, but it should be it should be on their website. Okay, I I found it. I found it. Okay. So the reason I wanted, uh, if you want to join this meeting uh, remotely, you can do so, right? Oh, absolutely. It's open to the yeah. public. Most of the morning session is that this a lot of the data. They'll go back through all the creel samples uh, and how they've sampled the in-river sampling for fishing, uh-huh. angler take, things like ocean abundance, those types of things. And then in the afternoon is tends to be more discussion about uh, feedback from anglers <coughs> would like in terms of how habitat seasons and um, up and down the state, all different regions, depending on the the, the Klamath uh, was close to they were very close on the Klamath abundance and the Sacramento abundance. The one that uh, that will probably need some remodeling is the commercial model. The the last couple of years they've taken. Uh, a higher percentage than the models suggested. So we'll see what what uh, what happens with. And that, that was that was kind of, I don't know. They seem to be, and I hate to just beat the dead horse, Andy, but they just seem to be out of touch with reality when it comes to the commercial fleet. 
the commercial is going to go out and they're going to catch as many fish as they possibly can that they're allowed to by law. No fault there. I mean, if you're told to, if you make a living commercial fishing for salmon and they say it's okay to fish, you go fish. But it doesn't seem like the, official, the officials that make the regulations really know the impact of commercial fishing sometimes. Well, they've certainly underestimated the impact the last two years for sure on that. They were really close. They were within, you know, within I would say, you know, an accurate range on the, on the recreational take, just a couple thousand fish from 53,000, I think is what we caught, to I think 49,000 was the estimate. So right on, right on tack there. But um, it may, this may do maybe some of the impact some of, on the fish that they've been bringing down in the trucks. Obviously, we get a much higher return on those fish. Um, and there's some, you know, there's obviously some discussion about if that's the right way uh, to treat some of the fish. But it's a, it's a, it's a fix right now. And there's more fish than there was before. So they're they're going to have to revise that. That one will be a, 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 some heavy discussion for the guys. But you're exactly right. They give them the time. In some years, they've only gotten you know less than a month of time on the water. So that's what they do. You yeah. Fish, and the, the markets dictate a lot. Of, uh, of how the fish are received, the pricing, and um, and it's beautiful fish. You know, people, I've traveled you know, everywhere along the, the whole coast of North America, and I can't think of a better tasting salmon than the salmon we get off the coast here. Yeah. Um, well, we just, we'll have to wait and see what happens. Uh, what, what I'm more worried about is the restrictions that we may have put on us by the state and the federal government's own screw-ups with the way they manage water. I mean, now we're getting releases from the uh, Bureau of Reclamation on their deliveries so that they've okayed for so far this year. And in all the reasons why they're only delivering this much and there's not one bit of news, there's no self-admission from the state or the feds that they did anything wrong in the last two years, and it ends up being the most classic example of terrible uh, political water management in California I've ever seen when you know you're in drought years and you do not conserve one drop of water, what do you expect? And now we're paying the price, and part of that price is the number of both juvenile and adult winter-run salmon that were killed. You know, maybe a third of the existing population on the planet. And, you know, when, when it's not that we fish for winter-run salmon that much in the rivers, but in the ocean, they're known to be in certain areas at certain times, and they've shut down that section of ocean for that period of time. That's what I'm worried about, aren't you? Yeah, that's, that's a great point. That we, we did everything for years to manage those fish. We just started getting them back, and then they killed, uh, my understanding is, about 90% yeah. of them in the warm water. This and, and that was 100% the Bureau of Reclamation's fault. You know, they should be taken to task for that. Um, they knew it was going to happen in advance. They petitioned the water board to not release cold water. The water board, because they're all political appointees of you-know-who, said, sure, no problem. And then they killed a third of the population. That's really great management. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Everybody every, you know, everybody else participates in the recovery, and then, uh, and then yeah. one little slip of, 
You know, another thing I think that has to be addressed is my understanding right now, up and down the central, um, the Sacramento Central Valley area, it's loaded with spring run salmon right now, and the river's closed to any type of uh, salmon fishing. And I know that frustrates a lot of the guys up there that uh, are looking for a fishery to be able to tap into. But but that's from the people I talked I talked to up from Knights Landing. Uh, and, you know, way up above that there's miles and miles of beautiful spring-run fish in the river right now. Well, that would be very good news. That would be a little surprising because we also had a disaster on the spring-run on, uh, I think it was Butte Creek, that PG&E decided to take an inopportune time to shut the water off uh, to repair a levee or something or, or cover a levee, and we had 20,000 spring run adult salmon ready to spawn that died so there's just a you know the 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 big businesses the corporations the utilities are not our friends at all they're not very good at what they do yeah hopefully we get a little rain here i I understand the releases coming out of orville or or uh and the yuba the feather or or are are decent right now for the fish but hopefully rain and snow. I know we got some dusting here. We got a little, mo- little more in March. I always think this late snow and rain that we get is really helpful. Just kind of a last little shot before we go into our normal dry yeah. summer pattern. So hopefully we'll get some of that and, and Mother Nature will somehow take care of us here. Yeah. Well, the good thing, if the, if the river's full of fish right now, Andy, um, even though we can't fish for them in the river, until I think it's July 16th. Um, maybe it's indicative of other spring runs along the coast, up on the Klamath, uh, where it offers very good fishing sometimes in, in late spring or early summer. That's a different season than we have in the valley. And so, so who knows? I mean, sometimes uh, look at this year's steelhead runs. I'm, my goodness, in the Klamath and the Trinity, which is the Klamath drainage, Great runs of fish, uh, and they started early, late last August and September, and they're still catching them uh, almost in March. So uh, that wasn't predicted, and so, but they sure showed up. Let's just hope the springers show up everywhere, not just in the Sacramento River. Yeah, the fish, the fish are pretty surprising when you let them do what they need to do. Yeah. But okay, so, Andy. Real well, quick, Bob, so we're starting our halibut season. We got trips starting next weekend. It's our first six pack, and then a couple weeks after that, we got our first big boats. And there's some pretty okay. good, pretty good signs of early halibut here. So. Okay. Thank you, Andy. All righty, Bob. Thanks a lot. Bye. Book a trip with Andy. Area code five ten six five two three four zero three. We'll be back after the break. On that, uh, the uh, the meeting that you can um, attend remotely uh, with Fish and Wildlife, you go to their website, which is wildlife.ca.gov, and on their homepage, just scroll down, and you'll see the news feed with the most recent uh, releases that they have. And down at the bottom, it says Newsroom. You click on that. That will take you to an extension of those releases and just scroll down to the salmon, big picture of somebody holding the salmon dated February 8th. And there's all the information on how you can uh, join this virtual meeting. Okay, it should be interesting. 
uh, along the same lines, the Bureau of Reclamation, like we were talking about it a little bit ago, announced uh, on twenty on the February 23rd to be exact, they kind of announced their preliminary delivery thing after uh, several paragraphs of not owning up to their poor management. Um, the regional director, Ernest Conant, uh, went on and on and on about, uh, unfortunately, they didn't get the, uh, the, the, the water flows into Shasta Reservoir, and we didn't do this, and we, but no mention of how they didn't conserve any water and put Shasta Lake at historic lows, as they did Folsom Lake. Uh, interesting, they, they operate both of those. And I'll tell you right now, and I, I just I don't want to get into it today, but I don't think those people should make these decisions without some sort of oversight from someone that's a little smarter than they are and a little maybe less corrupt than they are. The Bureau of Reclamation has one goal since its inception at the beginning of the 20th century, and that's to deliver water. It's not to conserve water. It's not to, to worry about fisheries or wildlife. It's just to deliver water to their customers. And with that, we go down and we read. This, this is like a public release. So um, this is, uh, let me give you a couple of examples. Uh, uh, yeah, we've got our work cut out for us this year. Um, anyway, Sacramento River, irrigation water service and repayment contractors north of Delta are allocated 0% of their contract to total. Well, what's a repayment contractor? I try to look it up. I can't find anything. What's a repayment? What does that mean? I mean, what are you trying to hide that from us? I mean, you can't be that dumb. I mean, you're talking to them. You put out a public press release. You think everybody's going to know your buzzwords? You can't be that dumb. Okay, municipal and industrial water service and repayment contractors north of Devella De will be provided water for public health and safety needs. Uh, uh, consistent with the CVP M&I water shortage policy. What's that? Okay. So uh, let's see. Uh, here's another one. This is a beauty. Sacramento River Settlement Contractors Water Supply. Like what's a settlement contractor? Is based upon settlement of claimed senior water rights. And the 2022 water year is currently designated as a critical year as defined in their settlement contracts. And that's the end. So what's the their allotment. I mean, it's just ridiculous. These people can't be that dumb. Wildlife refuges. For water supply for wildlife refuges, level two, north and south of the Delta, the 2022 water year is currently designated as a critical year as defined in their contracts. The end. So that... So what, what have we learned there? We've learned nothing from the Bureau, which is usual. Maybe Ernest ought to figure out how to communicate to the people. We have no idea if they're going to deliver water to wildlife refuges. We know they don't like to. 
We know that they, they kept the Klamath Basin dry, saving water to sell to their farmer customers and destroyed the largest waterfowl staging area in the western United States this past year. We know they did that, but they don't have the common sense to tell us on whether they're going to deliver any water to the water contractors. I mean, the, the Bureau of Reclamation is like its own country. Nobody controls them. They control themselves. They don't like to be po uh, hassled politically, so they do whatever they're told in that regards. Uh, but, you know, as far as a balanced uh, uh, agency that's supposed to create a balance among uh, agricultural and business and domestic and natural resource use, they are the worst in history. Nobody could manage water worse than the Bureau of Reclamation. And nobody, there's not a single lawmaker in this state that holds them accountable. And you want to know why? Because water means money. And the politicians who represent agribusiness districts, uh, they're going to get a lot of money to fight for that water. And, and as they fight for it, it becomes political, not realistic. So you can blame the politicians of California, which we all know is nothing to brag about, uh, and a federal agency that doesn't listen to the public and doesn't care what the public says or what the public thinks. If you want to blame somebody, look in those two directions, um, because that's where the blame lies. We do not have to be in this, this critical shortage. We have to make sure farmers get water. But just because a farmer decides to go up the side of a hill and till it and plant a crop there doesn't mean he should take precedence immediately over water we desperately need for salmon. There's got to be some criteria, and that's the way it seems it is. I mean, for crying out loud, they irrigated a, a huge inland desert in the San Joaquin Valley. If they can do that, they can irrigate anything. So on we go with the, the woes of California, their terrible water management, um, and, and, and talk about federal agency. We're going to be talking about the Forest Service eventually and CAL FIRE uh, as we get into the fire season about these agencies maybe not doing a very good job, at least not doing as good a job as they claim to be doing. And what I've done the last couple of months, I've, I've researched uh, how many air tankers are available? And it's surprising with all the worst fires in history, the air tanker is, the numbers are down. Why? Money. They don't like to ask for money. So people's homes burn up. We have the Dixie fire. We have the Calder fire. And, and, and quite frankly, nobody can figure out their method of fighting some of these fires. And then you look at the control burns that Newsom talked about, how we're going to, over the next five years, control burn 500,000 acres. Well, you know what? The last 
10 years, control burn acreage has gone way, way down and just picked up in the last couple of years. And the amount they control burn is a drop in a bucket, doesn't make a difference. El Dorado National Forest announced earlier, a month or two ago, how they're going to burn 3,000 acres in El Dorado County as a fire prevention. Well, 3,000 acres, what would you have, the Caldor Fire, or what, a couple hundred thousand acres? You think 3,000 acres is going to make a big deal? It might make it in a particular little area or two, and that's good, but it's too little too late, and then they sit there and brag about it. So this is what we're faced with in California with federal and state agencies, um, and they're not being held accountable. That's why they continue to do such a bad job. Okay, I got that off my chest, I guess. But, you know, you don't ever hear this anyplace. And if you look yourself, you can validate everything I'm telling you. And it's just it's incredible to me that it can happen this day and age, and especially with no accountability from anyone. So after a break, we will talk to Mr. Dan Bacher. Don't go away. Kittle's Outdoor and Sport, by the way, is having a huge sale between now and the end of the month. Well, you know when the end of the month is. It's Monday, believe it or not. It will be, Mar it, actually, yet it's, yeah, Monday's the last day of the month. So listen what's going on that you can take advantage of. And Kittle's will be open today, tomorrow, and Monday for this. They have a, quite a gun sale. Uh, for example, the S&W M&P Sport uh, California Comp uh, 759. They've got uh, uh, pistols, uh, the M&P uh, 22 long rifle for 469. The nine, the, the 40 millimeter for 429. They've got all. They've got great guns. Great guns. A whole variety. They've got the Mossberg Maverick. 88. It's a 12-gauge shotgun, and it comes with two barrels, a 28-inch barrel for hunting and an 18-and-a-half-inch barrel for home defense, $279. Unbelievable. Uh, a, a wide variety of rifles, big game rifles, starting at $560. Um, in stock pistol ammo, 9mm, 357, 40SW, 10mm, 45s. They've got all that in stock. Anyway, it's happening today, tomorrow, and Monday. That's where you can get the prices that you will not be able to find for the rest of the year at Kittles Outdoor and Sport in Calusa. Welcome back. Welcome back. Let's talk to Mr. Dan Bacher of the Fish Sniffer. Good morning, Dan. Good morning, Bob. I w wanted to talk about the preliminary statistics from the Pacific Fishery Management Council okay. on the salmon runs last year, which will be used to forecast this season. And there's going to be a big... Uh, uh, DFW meeting on sa on salmon happening online this Tuesday. You can go yeah. if anybody wants to get uh, up is there. Is it Tuesday stuff. or Wednesday? Um, it's uh, mm -hmm. March second. I think okay. that's Tuesday. Yeah. No wait, it's Wednesday. 
Oh, it is Wednesday. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we got um, that handled. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. But it's up on the on the website. It's March March second. Yeah. And, you have to find and, it in the website. We just went through yeah. that. You you've right. got to go to the the home page of the department, uh, wildlife.ca.gov. Then scroll down, then you'll see the term news feed, and then down at the bottom you say, you see newsroom, and then you have to click on that and crawl, scroll down to the release dated February 8th, and that's where it is. They make it easy, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, just, just to <laughs> clarify that, uh, you, you know, I'm going to that that's the problem. It's, it, it's, it's hard lots of times to get up on there. Website. Hey, hey, Dan, Dan, talk right into that phone. We're having trouble yeah, hearing it's, you. It's okay. hard sometimes to get you know, right up on our on our website to what you want. You got to search around a little bit, and I mean, it's it's problematic. I wish yeah. they'd make make it a lot easier. But um, that said, here's the the. Um, the statistics for the spawning escapements and under the 2021 regulations they projected the spawning escapement in the Sacramento River Basin to be 133,913 hatchery and natural area fall Chinook adults. Okay. And guess what it came out to? A total of 104,483 hatchery and natural area adult spawners. In the so Sacramento what are we, River. that's like 25% less than the projection? <laughs> yeah, way, way less than the projection. <laughs> and they can't, and that's, they just, uh, well, I wonder if we'll live long enough to see them get it right one of these years. Yeah, but the, the total amount is 122,000 to 180,000 that is the conservation goal. And so they fell well below that. And to get specific, the fall uh, run Chinook returns to the Sacramento River hatchery totaled 31,255 adults and 7,773 jacks. And escapement to natural areas, that means mostly hatchery fish that return to natural areas to spawn, mm-hmm. was 73,228 adults and 9,230 jacks. But here's what's inter- interesting. I thought that with, the, with such a low number that it would meet the overfished status, which in this case doesn't have much at all to do with fishing, but means that, you know, the fish is well below the, the number that that it should be. And so what they do is they base this on a three-year geometric mean spawning escape. Mm-hmm. Okay? And so the, this is what they say, the BFMC, the geometric mean of adult spawning escapement for years 2019 to 2021 is 133,000, and therefore the Sacramento River Fall Run Chinook should not be considered overfished. So, 
that's that's the bottom line on this. So you know, did I just did, did I just hear in there the fact that they're trying to tell us they're doing a good job? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you always get these positive, you know, all these positive press releases about what a great job they're doing and all these salmon they're yeah, releasing. And yeah. This is how it turned out, actually turned out. So um, it's uh, uh, not looking <laughs> good this year. Um, we'll probably have a season, uh, we, you know, although, um, you, you know, there's, we won't know until the March meeting. Yeah. So, yeah. and yeah, it's the Pacific Fishery Management Council that decides this. But uh, on the winter run Chinook, the spawner escapement was estimated to be 10,225 adults and 281 jacks. Okay, this is a pretty good return, at least not of jacks, but of adults yeah. last year. But the problem is, is that those when the after the fish spawn the juveniles the vast majority of them died only because of the 2. Warm, 6%. warm water from the bureau of reclamation yep and only 2.6 percent survived according yeah. to the cdfw's own estimates and so this this you know doesn't look good for future years um and this is also interesting. This escapement of spring Chinook to the Sacramento River totaled 8,285 fish jacks and adults. Now, that's that's interesting. It, it look, because um, the spring run on Butte Creek uh, was estimated to be 18,000, but the majority... Over fourteen thousand died before spawning. So was it they fourteen? Must not... I, I said twenty thousand earlier. So the true number is fourteen thousand on Butte well, Creek. No, 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 no. Eighteen thousand is it oh, eighteen thousand. Okay. Eighteen to twenty thousand was their estimate. It was a yeah. range, and it was fourteen thousand over fourteen thousand. I didn't get the final figure, but um, that. At least fourteen thousand perished of those fish before spawning. So, mm-hmm. so uh, in other words, majority died before spawning. So those, yeah. those are the. Uh, I, I I guess they didn't include the spring run chinook from Butte Creek in that figure. Yeah, well, who knows what they do, Dan? But uh, we'll keep I'll on. Find We're going to at this meeting, and other yeah. people will find out. We'll have a good time talking about this next Saturday, I think, don't you? Oh yeah, we'll have a good time because then they're gonna they're gonna do the projections based on on all the factors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank and, you, Dan. We'll talk okay. next week. Have a good one. You're welcome, Dan Bucker. After the break, we'll find out what's going on with upriver sturgeon. Don't go away. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.